Last time on Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, is this the uh, Space Irish episode? This is the Space Irish episode. Like, yeah. do they build a farm on board the yeah, ship? Yeah, they, like, strew straw around in the in the cargo bay. Are there barnyard animals? Yes. Oh, my God. I kind of hate this the episode, thing is, Adam. I was guessing all of the stupidest things I could imagine, and you're saying yes to all of them. I actually... I'm going to veto this episode. I, I fucking hate it so much. Ooh. <laughs> God damn it. The thing is, if I burn a counter veto here, it's over. How many more episodes do we have in season two? Like, another 30, right? So I'm going to counter veto Fuck you. No! 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 Are you really fucking serious? Yeah, let's watch it. Fuck you. The conclusion. Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Captain John Picard of the USS Enterprise. Captain John Picard of the USS Enterprise. Welcome to the Greatest Generation, a Star Trek podcast by two guys who are a little bit embarrassed to have a Star Trek podcast. I'm Ben Harrison. I'm Adam Pranica. Stop looking at me. <laughs> we are still in my brother-in-law's bedroom um you may hear some some sounds of uh people doing laundry and various house chores outside that seems to be what's going on here at the at the house today yeah <laughs> you might hear a leaf blower at some point yeah we are in we are smack dab in the middle of suburbia here but adam behind those white picket fences it's not all as positive as people present it as no, it's pretty dark. You know that as the star of Blue Velvet. I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the stories I could tell you about that shoot. <laughs> uh, well, you know, people might be complaining that we don't have any any cards to open up here, but uh, I kind of wanted to talk to you about the Bill Tilly Greatest Gen card trading card collection, which, as of this recording, just had about... 15 new cards pop up on Twitter. It should be called the Tilly Collection, right? The Tilly Collection. That's on the uh, on the shelf right next to the Riker Collection. Right, yeah. Totally jackable. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing great work. Yeah, like, every, like I, I keep waiting for it to stop being, like, the biggest thrill ever when he posts something. It hasn't stopped yet. Like, he totally picks out like the funniest things about every episode and makes <laughs> makes captions about them i mean some of these captions are quotes from us but some of it is just like stuff that he noticed is like hilarious <laughs> and uh i think he has a a greater knowledge of our show and its inner workings than even we do <laughs> they're so good uh yeah if you want to check these out go to bill tilly 1973 on on Twitter. I don't think it's any secret to discuss the idea that we've thought about printing these out on a yeah. little bit of a run and uh, offering them up to our listeners. So I think that'd be pretty cool. That would be really cool. Uh, from what I can tell, this is the only thing Bill Tilly is doing with his Twitter account. So that's <laughs> a lot of fun. <laughs> I love that single serving yeah. Twitter right there. It's awesome. <laughs> you don't need anything else. No. Yourself to stand up, tell the truth. You don't deserve it. 
uniform. This is an episode that I really wanted to veto, Adam, and uh, you got me back for my overriding your veto on the last Troy episode, Loxana Troy episode. This is season two, episode 18, Up the Long Ladder. It, it, be- it became immediately clear when this episode started that I'd made a terrible mistake. <laughs> this is like... This is like the Star Trek version of The Quiet Man, but you don't get to see anyone punch through a wall. Like, you don't even get that satisfaction from it. Yeah, I mean, I don't uh, I don't think that I'm going to surprise anybody by saying that when we finished watching this episode, you just said, well, there's another one for Mount Armis. Yeah, totally. Spoiler alert. It has been fun watching episodes with you, like in a mystery science theater kind of way. But at the end of this episode, I uh, I definitely just wanted to go to bed. Like, <laughs> it just broke me down yeah. and, and sort of dispirited me a little bit. Right. We try to watch the episodes within 24 hours of recording. Yeah. And occasionally that's like not happened. Like I uh, famously hadn't watched the episode that unveils the Borgs uh, very recently when we recorded that episode, which is probably why I seem half insane during that episode. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But uh, this one, like, we watched it, and we were, like, thinking maybe we would just turn the mics on and and rip out an ep, like, once, once we were done watching, and I think it had just killed our our spirit. We... We were uh, we'd lost the will to live when, when this when the was over. Yeah, I when I woke up this morning, I was a little disappointed to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the episode starts. Um, there's like some tense music playing. Uh, the camera kind of like pans around the bridge and lands on Worf, who's just <laughs> sitting there grumbling and. And growling to himself. He looks like a guy who needs to take a shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Worf is holding in a big boom boom, and, uh, and there's nobody to relieve him at the uh, tactical station, so so he's just got to hold it. But Picard comes onto the bridge and calls Riker into the, uh, into the ready room. And uh, this might be the most, the driest cold open that we have yet seen, because... Dry like a muffin. <laughs> they do I'm going to say 5 minutes of just computer research about a ship that went missing a couple hundred years ago. Yeah, and Picard's like, "What do you think this sounds like?" And Riker's like, "It sounds like a fucking cheap ass car alarm," which is what it actually sounds like. No, Riker's like, "It sounds like an SOS, right?" It's an older code, sir, but it checks out. Yeah, so it's like a some type of uh, earth code, but Super ancient, which is kind of an interesting thing to think about, like ancient radio transmissions and whether we'll have records of those kinds of things in the future. Yeah, ancient to them, but future to us Yeah, as the viewer. And this is um, a fun, like, I mean, they give you a little, like, like here's how, uh, here's how the, the Earth progressed from World War Three to one world government. Uh, type stuff because they like talk about the European hegemony, which mm-hmm. is not how I would go about pronouncing that. No, uh, it's like a 
it's like 1.21 gigawatts kind of uh, pronunciation. It's like, did, did you guys not like run this by anybody? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's pronounced hegemony. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this is a ship that left Earth a long time ago, and they don't have any record of its launch. They get to do a little bit of research to figure out where this thing is coming from. Yeah. But uh, the research pays off. <laughs> they they pretty much set a course towards the planet where they... they find its uh, its destination to be, and they yeah. start heading in that direction. But before they can do that, they walk out on the bridge, and Worf has collapsed in a heap. And uh, Data, like, calls down to Pulaski. Medical emergency. Dr. Pulaski to the bridge. One of your pretty standard crash zooms to a guy on the ground and then throw to theme song right. opens. So you might think, like, okay, the thing about the missing ship from a long time ago is going to be the B storyline, and what's going on with Worf is going to be the A storyline. But they really, the, the the ship with Worf really, like, runs its course in, like, the next five minutes of the episode, right. and then it's, like, not really a subject matter after that. Right. It's just a dab of Worf character, which is maybe the first time we've had a little bit of Worf character building. A little that dab wasn't... of Worf. Yeah. A little dab will do you. Yeah, Pulaski puts him up on the examination table and is like... Uh, yeah. Worf takes up that whole goddamn bio bed. Yeah. He's just running over the side of it. <laughs> Pulaski's like, yeah, you just had a little fainting spell. I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with you, and it appears that you have the measles. Yeah. The Klingon measles. Yeah, which is a, a real slap in the face to Worf. Like, he doesn't want to be diagnosed with anything. Like, he does a lot of, like, Klingons push through their illnesses. and He makes it clear that it's a child's disease also. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, like, is Worf himself a vaccine truther? Like, Whoa. before he went out onto the ship, you'd think... Uh, a, a full panel of inoculations is part of the deal. Jenny McCarthy has a lot of good things to say about <laughs> medical science. A warrior scientist. <laughs> Somewhere on uh, the Klingon homeworld, like Lursa and Bator are like the, the famous anti-vax truthers. <laughs> oh, so dumb. <laughs> But Pulaski keeps Worf's secret when uh, Picard radios down to sickbay to, to check in on him. Uh, Worf was um, just observing a Klingon ritual involving fasting. She played it off as, uh, as the big guy just didn't eat enough for breakfast. So uh, I'm just going to give him an orange juice and send him on his way. <laughs> like it's some sort of blood sugar issue is what she played, plays it off as. Yeah, I think. which kind of makes <clears throat> Worf look real dumb. Which yeah. I, I feel like he wouldn't look dumb if... He was just, like, sick? Yeah. It's okay for him to be sick, but it's kind of not okay if he's just not taking care of himself in a way that could Comprom have an impact yeah. on uh, on the crew or, or its mission. Yeah. So, that's a little bit strange. Let's just, Pulaski let's... And, and Worf sort of bond over her interest in keeping his secret. Yeah. They sort of... Uh, there's a quid pro quo here in that um, in exchange for Dr. Pulaski keeping the secret uh she asks him to perform a klingon tea ceremony well she doesn't ask them. him he like shows up with it and she is like so honored like 
I, I think he showed up thinking she might he might need to like talk her through what this is, and she's yeah. like, oh, the tea ceremony. Nobody's ever done it for me. Yeah, and the whole conceit of it is that it's basically analogous to puffer fish tea. The tea is very dangerous. Yeah, it's supposed to kill humans if they drink it. Yeah, he... it's supposed to really fuck up Klingons if they drink it. Like the Rhea is probably incredible. <laughs> yeah. Afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the toilets in in Worf's quarters are gonna need, are gonna need a damage assessment crew. <laughs> a warrior's plunger. <laughs> the handle of a Klingon plunger is just all covered in sharp barbs and <laughs> wrapped in wire. It is a test of one's will to plunge his own toilet. It's a pain stick with the plunger on the bottom. <laughs> Take that thing right down the throat. <laughs> so, I, I thought the funniest part of this scene, though, is that he starts performing the ceremony, and she's like, and he tells her, like, you must not drink the tea. And she's like, oh, hold that thought. And she, like, <laughs> runs off screen, runs back, has a has a hypo spray, and hits herself with it, announces that she had the antidote. It's like, what? You had the antidote to some poisonous Klingon tea, like, lying on a shelf nearby? Ready to go. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this scene was everything that's good about what the show does to like respect another culture and mm-hmm. it's just really too bad that everything that follows this completely kneecaps that sentiment <laughs> like it just destroys all that goodwill almost immediately did you perceive the end of this scene to be the crossfade to space shuttle taking off train entering a tunnel uh <laughs> implying that Pulaski and Worf got down after this the oil derrick pumping yeah yeah they uh i mean who knows what's in that tea ship flying into a nagilum yeah <laughs> a gaping nagilum <laughs> accepting a ship <laughs> a throbbing ship entering a sopping nagilum um yeah it it really seemed like Worf and, and Pulaski banged to me which i think is great I think that that's like that's a couple that I can really get behind. Absolutely. This is becoming a speech. You're the captain, sir. You're entitled. Hmm. I'm entitled to ramble on about something everyone knows. Instead of crossfading to them banging it out, <laughs> we instead cut to what we realize will be the only story we have left the entire episode. Yeah, they've they've left us the scraps and uh, the what corned it- beef scraps. <laughs> They arrive at this planet that's called Bring Bringloid Five, and their star is about to go nova. It's about to start licking the planet with solar flares, and they have detected humans down on the planet's surface. But these humans don't have any technology to respond to hails with. So Riker beams down. We never see the surface of this planet because I guess they're like underground. Yeah, it would have been really fun to see how they live. But right. We are soon. That's not in the budget, that. Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Riker radios up to Picard and he's like, hey, like, there's just some some stuff that I need to run by you. And Picard's like, we don't have time. Get these assholes on board. And he's like, yeah, but. And <laughs> Picard just kind of like steamrolls the, uh, the conversation. And Riker's like, all right, you asked for it. So Picard walks down to, uh, to the transporter room to see the first party of Bring Lloydy get beamed up. And uh, it is like a total beam up for comedy 
moment because it's like a bunch of peasants with various animals like chickens flapping around pigs running around ducks in cages they beam up with straw on the transporter pad which is the only time i've ever seen the transporter beam grab some of the ground underneath somebody like it doesn't make any sense and the irish jig music is playing at top volume which made me wonder like did they beam the music with them too right because it sort of implies that picard is hearing it before it like cuts for commercial (laughs) And, and he gets this look on his face like what have i done this is the beginning of an episode that that makes me think that it was written by someone whose only knowledge of the Irish is by watching Lucky Charms commercials. <laughs> it is a very offensive stereotype. Yeah. It also made me feel like it came from season one. Like the last yeah. two episodes have really felt dusty. Compared- like these weren't good enough to make season one. Yeah. And they're filling time in season two with yeah. the cast offs. They're like, we've established something important with the Borgs and... Now we're going to rest on our laurels a bit and and catch our breath from that achievement in in Star Trek making. We don't want too much goodwill around here. (laughs) (laughs) Let's manage some expectations here, people. Yeah. This is kind of a fun moment because I guess they they put him in in one of the cargo bays and... They go down to, like, check that out, and Picard just, like, has a big old belly laugh about how fucking absurd the situation is. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes, you just have to bow to the absurd. That's pretty fun. Like, you don't see him break his serious demeanor all that often. Yeah, he's pretty self-aware about how ridiculous it is that his cargo bay is now just floored with straw and filled with barn animals. We're introduced to the daughter of the of the leader of this Bringloidy people who is like your your classic brassy redhead who is just sick and tired of men like walking around like the entitled assholes that they are. You don't offer us a bite or a sup and when we build a fire to cook a little something the whole place goes mad. She comes from an even more patriarchal society than the patriarchal society in TNG, which is not supposed to be patriarchal, but nonetheless is. And her dad is trying to marry her off to everybody. So there's two like main characters here that we know throughout the whole thing. There's right. the the sort of lead Bring Lloydy, who is uh who is Danilo Odell, who is like the worst caricature of an Irishman ever. Like <laughs> when O'Brien beams him on board, he is like wincing in shame. <laughs> At this guy. Like, he's just a total abomination. Yeah. So there's a there's him, and then there's his daughter, Brenna. And Brenna is like the hot Maureen O'Hara uh, character in this show. Yeah. And um, it's not, not long before Riker is, uh, is uh, inflicting his charm on her. And uh, she's, like, very receptive to that, I would say. She's, uh, she's pretty hot. She's, she, she's not just Irish hot. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Riker notices. Yeah, Riker notices. She notices him. I mean, she's like she's like barking and and complaining and belly aching, and then she notices him. His male gaze upon her, and uh, and what are you staring at? You never seen a woman before. I thought I had. Which always works, right? All you need to do is just stare down yeah. a girl. <laughs> just just be a, an ogling monster. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
further evidence of the writers of this show not understanding what a post-patriarchy society might look like. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but they do get down. Like this, uh, this really does cut to a train entering a tunnel and an oil derrick pumping. Like, yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty hot and heavy between them. Yeah, uh, Riker wants to give her a tour. And I think we all know what that's code for. <laughs> a tour of his dick. <laughs> and balls. Just kept talking in one long, incredibly unbroken sentence. Moving from topic to topic so that no one had the chance to interrupt. It was really quite hypnotic. hypnotic, hypnotic. The other thing that happens in here, which is like the... It's, I feel like there's an anachronistic television trifecta, which is quicksand things happening, souffle humor, and guy taking a drink of alcohol and having a insanely strong reaction to it. A cartoonish reaction, like yeah. a Jerry Lewis reaction. Because Worf shows the uh, shows uh, Danilo how to uh, how to replicate some Klingon booze, and uh, it's the most ridiculous take. I think we have seen yet on this on this show. Oh, that's what I call a wee drop of the creature. Yeah, I feel like the director instructed him, you can't go too far with <laughs> yeah. with your reaction to this. Like yeah. like think cartoonish and then multiply that by ten. Yeah. Like he basically turns to camera, crosses his eyes, and, and wags his tongue around. <laughs> so bad it's so dumb and he so the thing that drives the story to the extent that there is a story in this episode is he goes to picard and he says did you see anything about the other colony and uh picard's like (laughs) (laughs) so uh they find another class m planet nearby yeah like the idea is uh is was there one ship or there were two ships there was one ship but it had like a totally insane cargo manifest yeah which is how they found it it was all like like uh yarn spinning equipment and advanced computer technology and they're like why would you need both of these yeah yeah and so the idea is that the ship was split into two parts that that settled on different planets right in a totally different way yeah and one group had this like ideology about back to the land movement type shit and the other was like a kind of techno scientific mission right and um so they find this other planet which is going by mariposa which is the name of the ship and uh the prime minister of the mariposa colony uh it's like it's like one of those things where like we're gonna tell you how how this is going but you have to come down here in person like nobody's gonna tell you give it to you straight you know the uh (laughs) you know when you were a kid and maybe you got trouble in school yeah and like a teacher had to tell you to right. tell your parents about it. Right. I always felt inclined to be like, I never wanted to have that conversation in person. I was like, <laughs> I got sent home from school early. Why? I'll tell you about it when you get here. <laughs> like, that seems to be this guy's deal. Like, yeah, we'll tell you what happened once you come down. Yeah. So they go down and they're, it's, it's like a long walk through a lot of hallways and they keep seeing people that are identical twins, triplets, quadruplets. One of these groups is most definitely party all the time era Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Like he's got the close cropped mustache. Yeah, and he's always going <laughs> 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 Yeah. 
I don't think that guy has any lines. I think nope. Almost nobody on this planet talks except for the lead guy, the, the lead guy, and the uh, health minister who's played by the same actor. Yeah. So yeah. there are only five people that survived the Mariposa crash, and they've been cloning themselves, and they've gotten in a bit of hot water with uh, with like generational decay in the cloning, where it's like they've photocopied themselves too many times to still be able to read the text on the page. Yeah, they don't look melty and weird or anything. We're just told this later on, that the end of their genetic line is coming. Yeah. Their thing is like they were expecting to be in touch with the Earth, but the Earth basically forgot about them. So they've been assuming that the Earth was trashed a long time ago and, yeah. and that they're like the only humans left. So they're pretty surprised when an advanced starship shows up, um, but they're like eager to to reconnect and they're like hey this is great actually you guys can help us continue our beautiful clone society by giving us some tissue samples and uh Riker takes exception to this rather forcefully and immediately saying i don't want clones of me i prefer to inseminate personally (laughs) (laughs) a tissue sample won't be necessary (laughs) yeah yeah clones of me diminish me in ways i can't even imagine but I'm not against diminishing a lot of you in ways that you can't even imagine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so they're like, well, we can't help you with that, but we can like fix some of your broken computer equipment or, or whatever. And, you know, we'll try and think about like what what we can do. Like we'll send the doctor down. She'll like look at your cloning technology, see if she can spot any problems that are obvious to fix. Yeah, and once again, you have senior bridge crew sent down to a planet that they don't know if they can trust. Right. And what do you think's going to happen? <laughs> this is this is like the episode after Jordy gets taken hostage by totally. by the dumb fat people. They've seen a bunch of warning signs and totally ignored them. And I think Worf is a little less vigilant, maybe because he's in re- his refractory period this episode. <laughs> he's finally... Uh... He has measles and he's just popped. <laughs> yeah. He's really beat. I am the is a ball. You will assist us. I am acute as a ball. You are born. Pulaski and Riker wind up getting stunned, and uh, there's this really creepy scene where they're lowering super long needles into their bellies while they're uh, their while they're eyes are open. Out. Yeah, and um, and they're taking stomach cells, which Pulaski says are the best ones to use if you're going to do cloning, and so they. They discover that this happened because when they beam back up, Jordy's like, hey, I was looking for you guys. And they're like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, I went to the prime minister's office. He said he hadn't seen you. And they're like, well, we were there. And he's like, were you? Were you? (laughs) Why don't you sit down over there? (laughs) Do you think the readings from Pulaski's stomach are really bizarre to them? Because, like, they're getting Klingon in with the stomach samples, too. Yeah, well, she doesn't show the uh, the tricorder to uh, Riker or, or Jordy. She does announce... What's all this Klingon DNA doing in, the, in her? <laughs> Dino DNA. Uh, Welcome back, Mr. DNA. <laughs> First we take the clones, and then we make more people out of them. <laughs> they discover that there are, in fact, Pulaski and Riker clones in the cloning facility, and... They do something pretty intense, which is without, like, announcing that they're there or what they're doing. Riker vaporizes them with his garage door phaser. 
this is a great scene because they do this almost wordlessly. Totally. Like they go down there, they look at each other, they look at the... Uh, like this scene and the tea ceremony scene are like the scenes of the episode. And it, it like, I mean, it's like, why did we have to watch the rest of this episode to get these two scenes? Right, right. It's not quite as chilling and and uh, terrifying as the scene in Alien Resurrection when Ripley destroys all of her clones. That yeah. was like, those were monstrosities. Yeah. And that scene I thought was really affecting. This is, these clones at their stage of development are sort of blank looking. Yeah, they're like, have you ever seen those videos about the guys in the Department of Defense that are figuring out how to like make replacement organs that are actually yours? Yeah. Where they like wash all the genetic material out of an organ and then impregnate it with your own yeah it like it's like gooey jelly people that haven't developed into full humans yet right but it's a cool scene and a really cool like the the props are like super awesome looking it's one of one of the better sets we've gotten this season too yeah pretty solid and uh Maybe they were so focused on getting that right that they forgot to, like, actually have a good rest of an episode. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Um, They had a singular focus. I mean, the props of the tea ceremony were really awesome, too. They really thought that out and made it look cool and, like, kind of alien and unique and interesting. This, I mean, the set dressing of the entire episode was rad, beginning to end. There was a lot of work done. Yeah. The care taken. I guess that's probably why we didn't see the Bringloid planet, because they spent so much time on the uh, Mariposa planet. Yeah, had to buy all that hay. Yeah, so the uh, the uh, Mariposans are are pretty fucking pissed off that their clones got got tagged, and uh, and the Enterprise is like, we're going to go down and like make sure you didn't jack any, any other tissue samples, because like, we are super not down with this. And then... Picard and, uh, and <laughs> like uh, Riker and Pulaski got Picasbeed, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, in a way. <laughs> like when they go down to that meeting, the lead guy uh, shoots him with a with a stunner. He's like, "Here, have a glass of orange juice, <laughs> you see." <laughs> that was just so transparently me setting you up for Picasby. Yeah, I. I was going to leave you Entertain hanging. Entertain me, monkey. <laughs> I was going to leave you hanging, but it's fun for me to do, too. <laughs> so Picard and Pulaski come up with the idea that the Mariposans and the Bringloidi are actually kind of a match made in heaven because the Bringloidi need a planet and the Mariposans need genetic stock. So uh, they uh, they decide that what's going to happen is they're going <laughs> to... They're just going to, like, drop the bring Lloydie off and bounce. The negotiation is like, look, I know this is a struggle for you to even consider, but... Right, because the Mariposans have, like, they walked away from sexuality centuries ago. It's not a part of their society anymore. Yeah, they have a conversation about this, and Riker's sitting across from him, like, physically disgusted by the (laughs) idea that the man sitting across from the table is like, yeah, uh, Yeah. we think sex is gross. Yeah, I think that might be the third scene that makes this episode worth the the paper it was printed on. Because that one shot of Riker, like... Meanwhile, Riker is just stinking of cabbage. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) But uh, they uh... <laughs> don't send letters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
the uh, the the Mariposans are like pretty resistant to this arrangement, but the Bringloidi are uh, are pretty down with it, I guess. Mm-hmm. So they beam them down, and the Mariposans like go like, "Well, I guess we'll just have to adapt." And then that's it. It is the outshot of this episode is extremely abrupt. Yeah. The, uh, they basically smash cut to exterior planet and ship, and then that's it. Yeah. Roll credits. I think Danilo Odell says, send in the clones, which is like the dad jokiest joke that has ever been on Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the fucking Enterprise just leaves. Yeah, yeah, great. That's great. Yeah, very strange episode. And uh, definitely skippable. Like, yeah, no question for me that this is on Mount Armis. Yeah, if like, you're watching from home, no reason to, no reason to watch this. Yeah. Darmok, Angelad, and you might have heard us talk about Squarespace before, and you're thinking, what do I need a website for? I already have a bunch of profiles across the different social medias. But isn't it time you had a place online that wasn't owned by a social media company? How about you take control of your online identity with a website of your own? For that, there's Squarespace. With Squarespace, you can buy a URL and build a customized website with your name, and not a giant social media company's name, with your name attached and a bunch of numbers at the end. With Squarespace, you can have a place on the internet personalized to your aesthetic that lets you tell people about who you are instead of an algorithm. And the best part is, you don't have to be an experienced designer or a web page creator to make something great because Squarespace is always there for you with their award-winning 24x7 customer support. Don't settle for being another company's product. Be your own product with a website that's all you with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SCARVES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com. The code is SCARVES. Think it. Dream it. Make it. With Squarespace. Boy, do I love a microdose gummy from Lumi Labs. I'm uh, I'm running low, so I'm going to head over to microdose.com pretty soon and put in another order. Microdosing is a technique I use to steer my mentals in a preferred direction several times a week. And uh, I just love it because you can really predict what is going to happen and to what degree it is going to happen. Because these are very low-dose cannabis gummies that uh, give you an entry-level dose that help you feel just the right amount of good. And they've been super loyal as sponsors to Greatest Trek and Greatest Gen, so I hope you will give them a try. Get 30% off your first order, plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. It's available nationwide. That's microdose.com. Promo code is SCARVES for 30% off and free shipping. Microdose.com. Promo code SCARVES. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? 
Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on. Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. I mean, getting back to the idea of your veto, it occurs to me that in burning both a veto and a counter veto, we've set ourselves up to watch Shades of Grey. We haven't just set ourselves up to watch Shades of Grey. We've set ourselves up to watch the next episode, which is a Loaxana episode. Oh, great. And a legendarily bad Loaxana episode. We really screwed this one up. I think you screwed this one up, Adam. I think it wasn't as bad a burn last time around. When I ve- when I overrode your veto last time, we I mean we watched some turkeys willingly in that season, but that was the one to veto, and we watched it. This this season has like three vetoable episodes, and we could have we could have watched two fewer of them. Yeah, I feel kind of empty about my choice. I don't feel good about it. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, I don't want, I don't mean to lecture you about the use of your veto, but... We get enough of those, believe me. <laughs> Speaking of, Ben, uh, did you like this episode? I don't believe you said. Uh, I did not like this episode. Okay. Uh, I don't like it at all. I like those three scenes we talked about, but uh, it's uh, it's cold comfort in the face of this monstrosity of television. This episode was a cancelable offense to me, I feel like. Right. Like, can you imagine the studio execs checking this one out and going like, yeah, let's write him a check for the next one. I would like to see where this storyline goes. <laughs> no one is saying that. Insane. Yeah. Uh, as you were watching, did you find yourself a Trunk Shimoda? Incredible. I'm gonna go with Pulaski for the uh, for the tea antidote move. Like, I think that I think Pulaski knew that she was gonna bang Worf, and like, I think she kind of made a pass at him by covering for him in the way that she did. And I I think she like wanted to get down, like she was in the club looking for that one night stand, and she found it. And. that's like, uh, I mean, like, I think Jim Shimoda goes and gets what he wants, fun-wise. You know? How about yourself? That works for me. Um, I did not write down a Shimoda. I didn't either. I'm just I'm <clears throat> pulling this out of thin air. <laughs> but I think I'm inclined to go in this direction for it. Um, I read some reviews of this episode that were unkind, <laughs> to put it mildly. And then I read some production notes for this episode. And the Shimoda for me are the production people and creatives <laughs> that still maintain that this was a good episode. And there are a few. Really? Yeah. The writer 
uh, Melinda Snodgrass is like, oh yeah, this was a super fun episode. Like even in ret- even in retrospect, she's like, yeah, I totally like I went for this sort of uh, immigration message. That part of it wasn't as strong as I would like, but yeah, really fun episode. Jesus. The director was the the director Weinrich Colby's like, I just told everyone to like turn it up to ten, and it was a super fun shoot. Jesus, and uh, to his credit credit uh ronald moore is like this is a fucking atrocity (laughs) this is an embarrassing episode and i'm ashamed to have been involved in it whatsoever so to me anyone involved in its production even when given the gift of retrospect yeah who feels like this was a good choice creatively or otherwise is a shimoda because that is totally misplaced confidence for me like (laughs) like you have a chance to reject it. Yeah. Like, I think you and I have made a lot of creative mistakes that we wish we could take back. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with admitting those mistakes. There's things that we can distance ourselves from that we ourselves have done. Right. And the, uh, the stubbornness with which people involved in this episode are hanging on, uh, to me, is like, let it go, guys. Whoa, mama. Yeah. I am look cute as a board. You will respond to my questions. I am cute as a board. You are bored. What do we have coming up uh, for the next episode that we have to watch no matter what? Our next episode, unfortunately, Adam, is episode 19 of season two, Manhunt. In her search for the perfect mate, Troy's mother beams aboard the Enterprise and sets her sight on Captain Picard. Oh, just like two-minute fart noise. Yeah. Well, I did this to us. I'm sorry. I mean, I could have saved my veto for this, but I really didn't want to watch the last one either. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's what, that's what we're going to watch next. Sorry. I don't think I'd fault you if you wanted to skip that episode of our show, too. That's not the rules, though, Adam. Oh, yeah. Our listeners have to listen to every episode. That's a part of it. All right. Well, so I have many apologies to give. Yeah. You can follow Adam on Twitter at Cut for Time, and you can follow me on Twitter at Benjamin R A H R. You can also tweet about our show using the hashtag GreatestGen. GreatestGen is also uh, one of our Reddit groups, yeah. uh, along with the official Maximum Fun Reddit group, which is sort of a best behavior place for you. And <laughs> GreatestGen uh, can be sort of a, yeah. a, an awful sandbox for you let, to be your worst self. Let your freak flag fly. Yeah. Put our reviews of the shows on Wikipedia. That's really fun for us. Somebody started doing that, and that's like the awesomest thing ever. Yeah, we don't deserve that at all, but we appreciate it. You can also go to our Facebook group, Greatest Generation, and there are other places online, I'm sure, but yeah. I can't remember them at the moment. If you feel like supporting the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. And uh, if you feel like helping other people find the show go to itunes and leave us a nice five-star review really helps yeah we're really in the weeds in uh, season two here ben so uh (laughs) guess we'll just get through the only way out is through isn't it yeah and they really piled up the end of this season with a bunch of shit (laughs) (laughs) hey what are we gonna do with all these shitty season one scripts Make people really think twice about coming back for season three. Everyone's already signed a contract, so I guess we got to make them. <laughs> well, with that, we will be back at you next time with a episode of 
Star Trek The Next Generation that we really wish we could skip. And also an episode of whatever this is. See you then. Bye. MaximumFun.org.